Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. This is an acclamation that the church has been using for centuries to celebrate Easter. This might not mean much to the world, this message, but it is for Christians a great message of hope. And in a time presently, a time of uncertainty, unpredictability, confusion, we have a message of certain hope. Jesus was and is God's promise of a healed life, a whole life, a transformed life, but more than that, a, a healed world, a whole world, a transformed world. This is a salvation that brings us into a right relationship with God, which brings us into union, making us one with God. This is indeed a great message. I've often wondered what would enable the church to be looked upon with favour, to be looked up to and, and, and for people to notice and go, yeah, those people, that community, really does have a message of hope. Well, they, they have something. I can see it in their lives. I don't know about you, but um, uh, with all my allergies, I, I've discovered, um, on top of all of those allergies, I, I seem to have uh, an allergy to life. Uh, you might wonder what I'm talking about. Well, uh, do you resonate with any of these symptoms? You wake up in the morning and uh, you just sort of feel, oh, it's just another hour in bed. Oh, I don't want to get out of this warm doona. Do you ever uh, wake up and not really look forward to spending um, your time and sharing your space with other people? Uh, or maybe the opposite. You may wake up and not look forward to being alone. Yeah, you might have an aversion to a job or... Uh, a task, uh, an assignment, a project, uh, a household chore you're supposed to be doing. Um, all these symptoms almost sound like an aversion to a whole variety of um, things that we might think make up life. Like an allergy to life. Yet I, I think that God's people are called to live with a zeal, to live with a sense of strength and power. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, the Apostle Paul, he says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. He sees in the resurrection a power that he wants to experience, take hold of. I think that for the Apostle Paul, when he says, I want to know Christ, he's not he knows who Jesus is. I think he's talking about an ongoing knowledge and growing in knowledge, growing in an intimacy with Jesus that somehow puts him in touch, as though he's being transformed to somehow more and more attain this power, this power of the resurrection. And I think if Christians lived with this, people might look and they might take notice. They might see something in us. I mean, think about today's resurrection story from Matthew's Gospel. It's a story of power. It's not like a ding-dong, uh, the bell's been rung and you realise there's a courier and they've brought something, a parcel, a message. This is a message of epic, divine 
proportions. It, there was a violent earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven. See, we know these stories. We're so familiar with them. But if we sat for a moment and just, just really reflected on that, imagine being there. A violent earthquake. An angel of the Lord rolls back the stone and sits on it as though it's a piece of furniture. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Think about it, these are guards. They've been placed there. They, they're almost ready for possible conflict. That's why they're there. They're there to guard the tomb. <sighs> they were not expecting a violent earthquake. They were not expecting an angel from heaven. They were not expecting this vision, this, <laughs> this epic event. And the women who were witnesses. Now, if you're going to have witnesses to an event in those days, uh, you don't make it women. No offence, women. But in those days, women were not considered reliable witnesses. So if you're going to make up a story, you wouldn't use women as, as the first witnesses to the resurrection. But I think the Gospel writers were intent on seeking the facts and putting them down as best as they could. And so this was the story. The first witnesses to the resurrection are women. And these women come and they're expecting to see a dead body. What they see is an empty tomb. This is an amazing story of power. That in the raising of Jesus, power is being exerted. <laughs> and the Apostle Paul wants to take hold of such a power. I think believers everywhere should want to take hold of such power. I think it might make our message more believable. I think it might be a message that people would want to take notice of. I've kept a certain part of um, Philippians chapter ten, uh, verse, sorry, chapter three, verse ten from you. I just read the first part, but if I read it in full, if you want to know what this power might look like and how it is, we might attain this power. It says, "I want to know Christ." Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This isn't power just to overcome. It's, it's not power just to do this, that, and it's not a power apart from God. It's a power that comes from our union with God. It's a power that enables us to do as Christ did. To, to participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. It's a power to die to ourselves. It's a power to die to my immediate need for entertainment or comfort. It's a power to die to my need for everyone to approve of me. Or your need of people to approve of you. It's power to die to your need to have power and control of your circumstances which you do not have. It's power to die to yourself uh, for having power and control over other people. What does it mean for you to die to yourself? What would that look like? What freedoms would that bring for you? This isn't a message of try harder church. We are people of the resurrection. 
You should be working harder. You should pass, pass the test. Is that what, is, is, is that what this message is? That, that we need to pass the test, we need to prove ourselves? That's not actually the way to attaining this power. It's not actually the way to actually participate in Christ's sufferings. Um, if I may be so bold, we are not too unlike Peter. That when Jesus was predicting his death, and predicting even his resurrection, Jesus is at this same time telling them that they are going to uh, leave him, abandon him. And Peter says, no, not me. Even to death I'll go. And Jesus says, no, you'll deny me three times. We are not too unlike Peter, that in our time of testing, we too will fail. That's why Jesus went to the cross. In Luke's Gospel, I love this, it's where, where, where Peter, after having denied Jesus three times, it says that Jesus immediately turned around and looked straight at Peter. What do you think Peter saw in Jesus' face? His anger, his condemnation, his judgment, his disappointment? I don't think so. I don't think that's why Peter ran out and wept. I think Peter saw in Jesus' face what you and I too would see in our weakness if we looked, if we really looked, would see the love of God in the face of Jesus. We'd see Jesus saying to Peter and saying to us, it's why I'm going to the cross, it's why I went to the cross for you. And as we meditate and marvel at Christ's sacrifice, as we imagine or, or try to imagine that Jesus, yes, yes, he died on the cross for the sins of the whole world, but he did it for you and he did it for me. Even before we were born, he saw us. And he looked at us and he went to the cross for the love of the world and for the glory of the Father. He went to the cross. And as we marvel at what Jesus did for us, as we try to imagine such a love for us who, who are so undeserving, something happens right in that moment as we're meditating on this. It's, it's as though there's a transformation in our own heart and desires. All of a sudden, our other desires, our immediate desires for comfort or entertainment or approval or control or, or whatever it else it is that we, we reach out for. All of a sudden, there's a transformation of our very hearts. Our desires change. All of a sudden, we're taken with the love of God in Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, we're able to die to ourselves because we're taken up with the love of God. So how do we participate in Christ's sufferings? How do we become like Him in His death? By meditating on His great work. And in that moment, we become sold out for Jesus. And I think when the world sees that kind of resurrection power, I think the world will take notice. 
I think the world will, belie will believe that that's a message worth considering, worth looking into. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. May you know Christ and the power of his resurrection today and always. Amen.